On today's Locked On Royals Padres crossover, let's discuss the Royals season so far with some help from our friends. Plus, Fernando Tatis is making his return this week. What's <clears throat> that all about? Uh, and what's changed about the MLB season all coming up on today's show? You are Locked On Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres crossover. I'm with you, Ryland Styles, Javier Reyes, right there. You can follow Woo! Javi on Twitter at Javapeno. Follow the show on Twitter, Lockdown Royals. Follow Elo Padres on Twitter as well for their show. Javi, we're in the swing of things now. It's starting to get in a groove. I mean, there's still a little bit of stoppages, still some bad weather, of course, in places, mm-hmm. but overall. We're starting to get in a bit of a groove of the everyday routine of baseball. What has been your biggest adjustment to that? I think for one thing, adjusting to recording with you, uh, just the diva that you are. Um, not not the biggest, the biggest still belongs. I'd say you're, you mean you're not in the top 10, but you every now and then you flirt with top 10 status. You know what I'm saying? Like you flirt with getting in there every now and then, but the biggest, of course, Bryce Patrick of lockdown Rangers. But in general, I think that, I'm getting in the, the the groove of things. Every pitcher has basically pitched by now for both of our teams multiple times uh, and for most teams multiple times. You know, there's at least a little bit more tangible sample size. You can analyze more pitch data. You can log on Savant and go through all that stuff and see, all right, is there anything that's changed? You can be really nerdy and look into you Darvish's horizontal, horizontal and vertical movement on his sliders and splitters and all that and how much it's changed and varies. So there's a little bit more data to look through. And definitely more storylines to look through. And it's crazy because it's still only been like a few weeks. Uh, but I think that th- it doesn't feel like we're doing that dumb thing. Like all of the <clears throat> Owen 162 or 162 and O jokes are now gone. You know what I'm saying? That's always a good thing. I'm always tired of those jokes. Um, and I feel like we're almost, almost outside that part. You know, when people say like, wow, that blank guy is good. And it's like a really good that blank guy is pretty good. So like, wow, that Mike Trout guy is pretty good. That, that format of a thing, which is one of my new pet peeves. Cause it's just overused. That Adley guy is pretty good. Uh, that stuff. So uh, I think we're almost on the outer tier of that, but in general, just getting more baseball, getting warmed up. And I think just in general, we're approaching also that season, you know, obviously the NBA playoffs are going on now, but that won't be going on forever. So it's just uh really, we're in the motion perpetually, perpetually in motion. I think for the baseball season. You bring up stats and brought up the Rangers. Two things I really want to talk about. So first, let's start with stats. Mm -hmm. How comfortable are you Mm -hmm. with using statistics at this juncture in the season? Like when you use them, how do you go about it? Like, do you need a certain at bat number? Do you need a certain innings pitch number? Do you crutch it with like, hey, guys, I know it's still early, but this stuff still matters. Like what to you matters the most when you're looking at statistics only a couple weeks into the season? Hmm. I definitely think that you want to look at things like your, your exit velocities and your hard hit stuff, uh, particularly exit stuff, because that's a stat that if you go on Savant, 
tends to be a little bit more like stable from year to year. So if you see a guy who's just significantly at their best, they're not hitting the ball as hard as they used to. It's not the end of the world. Maybe they're transforming as a player. That happens sometimes too. Maybe they become a little bit more contact oriented and stuff, and that's totally fine. But it's like if you see a player who usually is in the 80th percentile, all of a sudden is at 60 uh, for the first time in a while, that could mean something. It could mean that they're not hitting the ball quite as hard. doesn't mean their season's over. Plus you have defense to be excited about for certain players, right? But it's one thing I look at. And then velocity, which we've talked about before on pitchers. If you see, especially after a couple starts that say their fastballs down and that they were a pitcher who relied on that stuff, then that's something to look into. All very nerdy stuff, but uh, I think nothing that's too impossible to jump into. Baseball Savant's a great website for that. Same thing for Fangraph. So I think in general, those are the things that I look at. Um, although it is very funny to put out those very uh, engagement thirst tweets where like the Padres are currently batting 200 with runners in scoring position this year, uh, which is 29th in all baseball. Did I tweet that before we started recording the show? Of course I do a lot of things before the show, including arguing with you about a bunch of nonsense that we'll never bring on air, but you know, that's just what you do out here. So I think that individual players, that's always what I'll point to individual players, those metrics, not fully teams. Although there are a couple that you're allowed to make fun of like the Oakland A's. It's like, yeah, they're bad and they're going to continue to be bad. We can kind of expect that. But in terms of who's the best or even who's a contender, still way too early. All right. So you brought up the, the another thing. You're just an onion today, peeling back layers of things I want to talk about. Let's just jump right first to the team stuff. So okay. you said that, you know, teams, it's a bit too early to judge them. And, you know, rewatching Moneyball, as you do every year uh, and I mm-hmm. do every year, Mm. technically speaking, a team could go on a 20 game winning streak and, 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 and dig themselves out of any hole that they've dug themselves into so far. What teams are you confident in saying, yeah, that's not going to bleep and happen. Like this team is just God awful. It's over for this team before Memorial day. I think that the A's are in that category. Is there anyone else in that category for you where you just say, you know what? Your season is quite literally done right now. It's funny, uh, on the Bill Sibbitz podcast, which is one that I listen, they do this for football every year where they have a cross-off team. And they save it and save it like, all right, that's a cross-off, they're done. Every now and then they joke about it. Well, week one, you know, like the the who's a bad team? The, the, the Falcons get blown up by 40. It's like, all right, they're a cross-off. But for the most part, you wait a little bit. It is still early, but I think that for cross-off teams, I would put just the A's right now. Um, and then pr- maybe the Nationals. Uh, the A's is a mean cross off. When I cross that off, I'm like, screw that team. They're terrible. And everyone should feel terrible in Oakland. The most, the most headline gathering thing might've already happened for them. And that's that they have a living possum hanging out in the visitors broadcast area. Right? So the Oakland A's cross off. And as far as I'm concerned, cross them off next year too. Um, but there's still some other teams out there. Rockies, they still have me. They're not going to be a contender, but I'm not, I don't want to cross them off fully yet. You still got Chris Bryant to be excited about. He's been doing well. And then the, the Nationals and the Reds, those are two teams that are going to be bad and are in, especially in the case of the Nationals, a tough division. But they have some interesting prospects. My former boy, Mackenzie Gore, uh, pitching pretty well for the Nationals right now. Um, so I think teams like that. As much as I want to be mean, considering a, the aforementioned thing about how we were yelling at each other before we started recording as tempting as it is to cross off the Royals. I don't want to do that yet just because they do have some exciting young talents that haven't quite got going, including a Puerto Rican pal, um, MJ Melendez. So I'm very excited about that. So for now it would just be Oakland to be totally honest. I'm not, I think that's what we should do. 
we should look at this from only which team can we cross off when we do our update instead of which team is the best because that's going to vacillate and go back and forth so much throughout the season uh, that it's just going to kind of drive us insane and probably make us look hypocritical and ridiculous at some point. Good idea. I'm crossing off the Oakland A's with you. And as a matter of fact, I'm not crossing them off in like pencil. It, it's a Sharpie. I'm Sharpieing through their name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't white this out. You can't erase it. You can't make it a, a lighter shade. It is over for the Oakland A's. Negative 63 run differential. Sorry to They're terrible. You. They're the look. I don't like the hyperbolic <laughs> tweets either about like, oh, you know, the sky is falling or like the, or like the gimmicky jokes of like, Mike Trout's pretty good at baseball. Yeah, he is mm-hmm. good at baseball. You're right. Good job. But like <laughs> the A's might legitimately be the worst team of all time ever constructed. Like legitimately <laughs> that went from like a corny joke the first week of the season to like, yeah, no, they might literally be the worst team to ever play and be assembled in the sport of major league baseball. Not impossible. Not impossible. Like I said with the run differential, not to be super nerdy, minus 63 just to give some perspective. The next worst is Colorado at minus 27. Just for a little, just, that's just one thing, but just encapsulates just how bad the Oakland A's are. Uh, although, in fairness, they have ha- actually the worst. Second worst is actually the, the Royals, my apologies, at minus 28. But the the I will give the A's one thing. If you were a team that played them, some pretty exciting games just because you got like a crap ton of offense. The the Mets had like 19 walks against them the other day. So at least they are good for playing if you're not the A's. You know what I mean? If you want to watch the Angels rake on somebody or the Mets, hopefully soon the Padres, maybe even the Royals, then that's what they're good for. Otherwise, I'm using the Sharpie too. It's a get right game for uh, for whoever uh, walks into Oakland, that, <laughs> that dumpster fire of a stadium. Uh, and pretty soon they'll be playing in Vegas, so it'll be all right. Uh, but uh, – I'd cross off the nationals too. And this is not Sharpie cross off, hmm. but they're done. I mean, they're toast. And, and I don't even know what they have to look forward to, like not even to be biased. The Royals have not been competitive and their season has been off to a disastrous start, but you can at least look forward to, Hey, at some point, some month, some week, this lineup is going to turn it around and, and be really fun. And, and you win rattle off, you know, four straight, six straight, and things can start to feel different here uh, in the near future. So they're, that's why they're they're not ready to be crossed off, even though they do suck. Like there's no sugarcoating it; they suck right now. But they at least have something to look forward to that like could turn the corner. For the Nationals, I, I don't even see anything that could turn the corner this this season. Like within the realm of this season, not not looking at the future, but like just this year. And so that's why I crossed them off and not Kansas City. So I'll leave it those two teams uh, for right now uh, of teams that I would I would uh, go ahead and and disavow at this juncture of the season. It's fair. It's fair. I still think that they've got, you know, Kybert Ruiz, CJ Abrams. I don't think he'll get called up, but you got James Woods to look forward to and Gore. I think that's enough for me to at least wait another couple weeks before crossing them off, just in case Joey Manessis or somebody like starts breaking out and doing a little bit better. But uh, it, it'll probably be very soon to do the, the Sharpie cross off for the Washington Nationals. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at So Rare. So Rare is a new sponsor. They are great. They're awesome. Javi, why don't you tell us about So Rare? Why do I have to tell you about So Rare? Because it's. Am I required to do that? It's so rare that we uh, get to collaborate 
on an ad read. And this allows us to do so because we can discuss how cool it is that so rare is here as a, as a, as a marketplace to enter a lineup on so rare and it will be competition and you'll fill, uh, you know, the seven positions, starting pitcher, relief pitcher, corner infield, middle infield, outfield, mm-hmm. an extra hitter mm-hmm. and, and a flex. You fill all those positions and then you, you get a card and it's awesome for you to use over there. So rare. Mm-hmm. Use action based scoring system when events that happen on a um, baseball field immediately translate into a positive or negative point system on your sorrow team. So your so rare team is able to uh, really make the game come to life, if you will, uh, whenever you go use it. So uh, Javi, how excited are you to play so rare? I'm very excited. And you might know this listeners by now, but Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez are two of the like brand ambassadors. You've heard of both of those players. They're awesome. And, you know, I, I looked at it, man. Well, you know, one of the prizes is can meet MLB players. And I would think that if they're these big ambassadors, maybe you get to meet Juan Soto Padres fans. Maybe you can ask him, why is he hitting below 200? I don't know. Don't ask that if you ever see him. That would be really mean. Just say you're a big fan. That's it. I, I hate when people do that with athletes. Shout out Russell Westbrook. Um, I think that everybody should check it out. It's like fantasy baseball, digital cards and all that. Kind of all in one. And even if you don't mean an MLB player, there's all these cool prizes. And if you hate when you're in fantasy leagues where it's a season long thing and you're just like, I'm totally locked in and I feel like I can't get new rewards or have anything to look forward to. So rare does that a little bit more. S O R A R E is how you spell that, by the way. So pretty straightforward, but just letting the people know, check out so rare. It's fantastic. Rylan. We're back on the Lockdown Royals Padres crossover episode. Javi, circling back, mm. talked about mm. the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Rangers come to town this week for Kansas City. Uh, now, Kansas City's already gotten a glimpse of the Rangers uh, so far this season. They played a series in Arlington. Now they shift over to Kauffman Stadium in downtown Kansas City eventually, whenever that downtown ballpark is, is built. But it was not in downtown mm. yet. However, We'll see if the downtown ballpark ever comes true. Nonetheless, do you buy into the Rangers right now? Like, are, are you buying what they're selling? Because it's it's fairly impressive what's happening. Uh, yeah, unlike the White Sox thing, which you foolishly bought into uh, way too early after week one of the season. That shows what Rylan knows about baseball. Hey, I get it. Royals can be tough sometimes. But uh, I didn't fully buy into the White Sox. The Rangers, look, every oh, there's a lot of things that have to go right for that team. But I just one of the reasons I kind of was excited about them was maybe this is petty, but I got so sick and tired of hearing all these. Wow. Spending all that money just to finish in third place as if this is written in stone that we know that that's what's going to happen. Seattle Mariners have not been good so far. Is it inconceivable that the Mariners fall backwards? Is it that inconceivable? I say no. I would not count out the Astros. Obviously, it's way too early on them, but. For the Rangers, my thing is their top-heavy players are good, and their farm has been developing just a tad that I think that they have these other players that can support your Corey Seegers and your uh, Marcus Simeon and um, you know Jacob deGrom. That they've got some kind of those tertiary players that are going to be a big deal for them, and I think that some of those other ones are getting better. You know, Adolis Garcia is a really underrated player. He's very good, great defender. So I'm kind of buying at least to an extent what the Rangers are doing. I think that they can flirt with things. And I think that a lot of people expected this to be just like last year. And I don't know, man, you have gray, you have DeGrom now. I, I think that they just have a little bit more of a, a relatively 
even roster. Uh, not as even and balanced as I think that the Mariners, I think the Mariners in, on paper, just a lot of their team is just so balanced. They don't really have any giant weakness, even if they don't have like a superstar outside of Castillo and Rodriguez. Um, I still really like that team, uh, but I'm into it. I'm into it. And I think that people were writing them off way too early just because, oh, you can't spend your way out of being bad. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you totally can. Look at my team, Exhibit A. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They absolutely did that. So every now and then, yes, spending money, even if it's an overpay on some players, is absolutely a viable strategy. Yeah, I think that you're right. And the Mariners fans got so uppity so fast. Oh, yes, they did. After breaking yes, a long did. drought. And look, the Royals broke a 30-year playoff drought. They went two straight years and haven't been back since. So uh, they ha- they've made the playoffs twice in the last 60,000 years. So congratulations for breaking the drought. Right, but that man. doesn't secure anything. As mm-hmm. we've learned in Kansas City, it does not secure you a dang thing. You've still got to uh, have these players repeat their performances and still have to grow your team around them. It's why when the Mariners kind of sat silently into the night uh, at times in the offseason, it was kind of perplexing a little bit. It is. It is. Um, look, it happens. Um, and that's unfortunately the the issue with baseball sometimes is p- teams get a little bit too complacent. They get a little bit thrilled with just making the playoffs and they kind of call it quits there. Um, and, and again, it is still too early. Uh, obviously, I know that we keep saying that. But uh, yeah, I think that the Rangers have been really cool and it's fun to talk about them, especially after that butt kick that they gave the Astros on Sunday night baseball, um, which is really cool. So hopefully a lot of people start realizing this division might be pretty tight this year. Um, I still think the Angels are going to do what the Angels usually do. But in theory, you got four teams that are at least racing and could be interesting. All four of them have reasons to be competitive. Forget the teams for a second. All of them are like, yeah, we're trying to win right now. N- none of those teams are like, we're in a rebuilding period. Say, like Baltimore. Baltimore is like, yeah, they want to be competitive, but they're not necessarily trying to be a contender. I think all of the four of those teams are trying to make it right now. So, AL West. That'd be a big takeaway for me. Could be the best division in baseball if things go the right way. While also simultaneously having the worst team ever constructed in baseball. That would be exactly. pretty impressive. Which which probably takes, AL East is probably going to end up better. But second best will be, I think, the AOS. So that could be fun. Javi, here's my question that I'm going to spring on you. Ooh. Go ahead now. Let's do it. The Royals suck. Mm. They're terrible. Mm. They're terrible yet again. Mm-hmm. To this point in the season, they're not even competitive the majority of nights mm-hmm. that you watch them. I thought that that would change this year. I thought that they'd have a bad record, but I thought that they'd be competitive night in and night out and make you enjoy watching baseball. They have not made you enjoy watching baseball. Mm-hmm. With that said, Javi, tell us about the Padres. Can we just bandwagon on the Padres? It's, it's an NL team. They're going to win a lot of games and it won't really impact the Royals at all because it's an NL team. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun little storyline to follow with a, with a team that we mm-hmm. can kind of live vicariously through. Because, I mean, it's a team that spends money. It's a team that's in a, on a major coastline. It's a team that has everything that Kansas City doesn't have. Uh, makes big trades, makes big signings, makes big moves. So can we get a pass for one season to hop on this bandwagon? Oh, you bet your butt you could get a pass, sir. Look, this is also a question that might be for someone that I might be the wrong person to ask this, but I'm very liberal with fandom. I just think that fundamentally it is, we have a lot of weird rules for fandom. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's dumb. I don't want to hear you coming out saying you're a Cowboys fan. And then you're like, Oh, they lost. So now I'm a chiefs fan, right? Like there is a degree of that, 
but also to an extent, whatever makes you happy, man, the world is awful sometimes. And I understand people just wanting to be happy. I had opportunities to jump for my football team. I didn't because I just, I just can't leave them for better or worse. Probably even though worse. they suck. Um, yeah. And even though they stink, um, I think that also in baseball in particular, this idea of loyalty uh, has always been a weird thing for me because look in this sport, takes a lot to turn things around and it's usually the fault of ownership when they don't invest as much. And before anyone says, Oh, well you don't have to spend on the 300 million yet. You don't, but it's also an automatic disadvantage for the Oakland A's to head into negotiations. And every team is just like, we know you're going to trade them. You know what I mean? This isn't like other teams, like say the Dodgers, the Yankees, or even teams with a moderate type of budget, like the guardians and whatnot. If you go to negotiations with those teams, it's totally possible that they just walk away from the table. Because they don't have to trade you their best players before they hit the free agent market, like teams like the Oakland A's. So for me, this idea of loyalty in sports, and particularly in baseball, I think that you don't have to do that in baseball. Baseball is the number one sport you shouldn't have that. Because if the ownership is not going to be loyal to you as a fan, as a customer, whatever, and put out a good product like you're seeing in Oakland, just blindly saying, I'm going to still follow them, all you're doing is helping them in a lot of ways. And they're taking advantage of the fact that you want to stay by your team. So I don't believe in that. And you might say, Oh, well they're in my area. It's where I grew up in. I don't agree with that either. I don't like the idea that you have to root for the team from where you were born. I grant here's where the bias comes in. I'm, I'm, in, I'm from Jersey uh, covering the Padres, but this idea that somehow that's less arbitrary than saying, Hey, I really like this player. I want to follow this team. Why? So because you were born a certain place, that, that is an arbitrary, but then choosing based on players, based on personality, based on some research, but that's bad because you're just choosing a whatever team. I disagree with that. I think that the 21st century and advancements in technology have allowed us to have that possibility, and it's really cool. So I'm all for you jumping aboard the Padres bandwagon. I am all for everybody. I imagine some Padres fans will you know, do the dumb gatekeep thing as they did for me. Oh, you know, the Jack Murphy stadium. It's like, all right, well, that was in 1983. I wasn't born. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you want from me? I'm not going to be able to tell you about Jack Murphy. But uh, I think for the majority, you know, especially like you said, being National League, I'm all for it, man. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be raving. I was always a Padres fan. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Don't lie. You know what I mean? But just be like, hey, I'm trying to get into this team now. I think they could be more fun. My team is a big money problem. And that's what I'm going to do, especially if it makes you happy. So I'm all for it. Javi, coming up, I want you to tell us about Fernando Tatis returning to our Padres. And how's the season gone for our Padres so far? That's all coming up. We're back on the Lockdown Padres Royals crossover podcast. Javi, Fernando Tatis is returning this week. What's that all about? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Oh, boy, am I excited. This Thursday, April 20th, the show is back. And, you know, what's been funny is that it's it's been creeping up in the only a way that Fernando Tatis Jr. can do, which is, you know, he had that, that stat on Friday where he was like 9 of 10 in his last, like, five games, and he had five home runs over his last 10 at-bats. Like, he was going nuts. He had the three home run games, so he's ready to be back, and I was never any any doubt about that. Whether or not he keeps that up, I still have questions about you know, first year returning from the shoulder injury, not the future of his career, but just that first year, maybe he's not going to be the MVP talent yet. But in terms of the jolt, in terms of the excitement, I can't wait, man. I mean, this there's a reason this guy was the cover of MLB 21, the show. Uh, he was the most exciting player absent 
Shohei Otani in the sport. A guy that when you see him up to the bat, heck, I know that like my dad asked me to text him when Tatis is up or at least close to being up. He's like, cool, I'll try and watch it. Like that's the type of energy he has. He makes runs to first base exciting. He makes outfield defensive plays exciting. The air Tatis thing that people saw from 2020, that was really fun. Although he has some flaws in his defense. Uh, just the way he he carried, it's just not, a. it's a rare trait what he has. And it has nothing to do with numbers or his actual skills at the plate. It's just, he seizes the moment better than anyone else. I mean, it's amazing. And I just, I keep thinking about the Astros home run, you know, bottom nine, two outs, ties it. Don Orsillo literally loses his mind on the call, shouting that it's going out onto the track or whatever the heck he said. Just really great stuff. And in terms of this Padres team, it's a little sad that we're like, man, could they use him? What I mean by that is kind of the first team ever where them having their best player back, we're like, oh, thank God they're back. Um, Or not that, no, hold on. Kind of one of the first teams ever where them, they desperately need their best player back, even though they have all these other superstars on their team with Machado, with Bogarts, with Soto, uh, especially with the, the former two. Machado and Soto have gotten off to a slow start, particularly Soto is hitting below 200 right now. Uh, the walk rate's still there and everything, but you know, it's a little bit annoying that we're like, wow, I really hope he can save the Padres. Why? He shouldn't have to save it. He should just have been that giant, delicious Godiva chocolate cherry on top. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Riley? You know what I mean? Yeah, he knows what I mean. Look at him. Look at him. He knows what I mean. Uh, like, that's what it should have been uh, instead of feeling like, wow, they really need to kickstart this offense. Uh, so far, and I tweeted this earlier, just a couple of numbers in terms of Tatis's offense so far, or I mean, I'm sorry, the Padres' offense so far. They have a 97 WRC plus, which is tied for 18th in the league. They have a 318 weighted on base percentage, which is 19th in the league. They have a negative 1.2 offensive rating, which is a stat from Fangraph that I'm. It's granted, it's a little bit cherry picking just to make the sound even worse, but that's uh, 18th in the league. And then their batting average with runners in scoring position is 200. And that is currently 29th in the league. That's right. You know that team, the Oakland A's, that we were making fun of for the last 20 minutes? They have a better batting average with runners on base than the San Diego Padres. Other teams, like the Pirates, like the Cubs, have been better, obviously, because it's 30th. I believe only a a certain other team in this uh, show that my friend here hosts has been worse than the Padres. So a lot of similarities so far between these two, two teams, I guess, so far. So. It's super exciting, but I would say it's a little sad that we're like, wow, hopefully he could save us. It's like the Justice League, you know, needing, um, you know, uh, Cyborg to come in and save them when all of the rest of their members like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman are still there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That was a rough analogy, but you get my point. I wish I could uh, pretend to understand that analogy, but um, it's a group of superheroes. Sure. And the, the not strongest you know, it's like, hey, you guys should be good without me. I mean, come on, you should be able to survive without I've me. I've never yeah. seen a single superhero movie because you're weak. That's why. Fair, fair. Javi, real quick, real quick, mm. stressing on the quick power rankings. Start of the year. This is what they look Let's like. Do it. Is there anything about this power ranking list that you would change? <sighs> I mean, you got to change the Rays. Uh, for the audio listeners, this is the Locked On uh, host power rankings. This was an aggregate of every host uh, that voted before we got into the season. And I think the Rays have to be moved up. 
I think that their 12 rank was fine. I did think Phillies were ranked a little bit high, and I actually still think that the Padres were ranked too high at number two. Um, but I would change, and I'd definitely put the Rays. you got to put the Rays in the top ten. Um, I'd put them over uh, the Mariners. I'd put them over the Phillies. Um, not so sure I would put them over the Guardians. You know, my Guardians. The Guardians or the, um, uh, what's it called? The Blue Jays. I know that the, they've been better than those teams, but I still really like uh, Toronto, although that team has some major flaws with the started rotation. And another Puerto Rican legend, Jose Brios, has been struggling. So that would be probably the biggest thing for me. And then, I don't know. I don't know. This The Giants and the D-backs have been weird. I don't really hate every anything else really here. I like what I think the Twins move up a couple spots, maybe to where the Rays were. They were at 13th preseason. Maybe they go to 12 instead. Uh, but those are kind of like the only major changes for me based on what we've seen the past couple of weeks. Well, I'm not selling my White Sox stock just yet, by the way. So you can. Okay. You can... No, dude, commit. I like it. Go ahead. But the Rangers are a top 15 team in baseball and the Rangers are, Ooh, okay. are trending towards a top 12 team in baseball. I firmly believe mm. they're doing this, th- that series win in Houston, they didn't pitch their top two arms in that series, which sadly for Kansas city means they're pitching tonight and tomorrow, but uh, they didn't pitch their top two arms. They didn't have their best two hitters in the series either. And they pretty impressively beat the Astros. Like there was no doubt who the better team was that series that weekend. It was the Texas Rangers and they've been doing this all year through some adversity. And I think that once they get healthy and you see Simeon heat up right now, as he, as he did in Houston, when, as they get healthier and healthier and, and if DeGrom stays healthy, big, if uh, then that team is, is, is a force to be reckoned with. They are not only a top 15 team in baseball, they're trending toward a top 12 team in baseball. Hey, it's fair enough. I, I like that you're, Buying the Rangers, I mean, we make fun of Bryce for being one of the biggest divas, so surely this will boost him even more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that team, and I like your reasoning. White Sox, I still I have no opinion on them, man. I just don't, I can't do anything with that team. I think their division is winnable. I think that they still, you know, they still have their star players. I mean, Tim Anderson just got hurt, but, you know, you still got Robert. You still got, hopefully, Eloy at some point. It's just, it's a really hard team for me to rank, but uh, I appreciate you buying in and not being as cowardly as I am. Well, you said it yourself, Javi, any final uh, assessments or questions or concerns or topics or words? Well, certainly some final words. And my final words would be very excited for this week. Going to be talking some brave stuff uh, for the next couple uh, episodes on my show. That should be a fun big test case series. I think for the Padres considering that they played them well before, Um, but overall just the, the good baseball vibes and, you know, everybody, uh, not apologies, but uh, just pour one out for my guy, Rylan. His other team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, were unfortunately eliminated. Um, they will not be playing in the postseason, um, which is sure to happen for my other sport team and football. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'll be miserable there. But uh, everyone pour one out for my guy, Rylan. He does great stuff over there at Locked on Thunder. And I wish that that team went a little bit farther. I appreciate that. And for my everydayers, we are, we are back every day. Uh, starting this week, five times a, a week, I should say. And we're even going to do some bonus podcasts here in the next couple of weeks to make up for our uh, inconsistency or lack thereof, Ooh. even any consistency. But tomorrow's show, we're going to recap game one of the Texas Rangers series, but also talk about the season overview to this point. And then from there, we're just going to keep rolling game recaps, season previews, roundtables with Javi, uh, all that fun stuff. So Javi, thanks for joining us. And uh, until tomorrow for each of us, uh, be good and be good to one another.